worry. Fresh glory. Waves. We stir up the river of glory through your spirit. Through your heart. Through your mind. And through your flesh. The river of life is your promised land. We were having discussion yesterday about what if kindness was a river? We talk about the river of glory. We're all about the glory. We're all about the love. Glory. Love's a river. Joy's a river. Peace is a river. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, faithfulness. They're all rivers. Gentleness is a river. Self-control is a river. But more than anything, for the great harvest of the river, we need kindness. Kindness is a river. People will come to kindness and jump right in. Our society in America has fully embraced kindness through people like Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> when I wear a Bob Ross t-shirt or a Mr. Rogers t-shirt, anywhere I go, I mean, it's like revival breaks out. People stop me, they talk to me, they smile, they always compliment it. It's insane. I've never, I have so many different t-shirts. Nothing does anything even close to my Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross t-shirts. And I've tested like a thousand different t-shirts over the years. <laughs> There's nothing even close. So, really the key to America's Great Awakening is people so deep in the glory, the glory tribe, releasing the river of kindness and acceptance that people can jump in and get washed and be excited about it. A level of supernatural kindness that's available to anyone in the world to come in and drink. Not joining a church, not joining an organization, joining the river. Joining a river that flows from the throne of God and the Lamb that is perfect kindness, perfect gentleness. God's dealing with some stuff, the rashness. He's dealing with all kinds of different levels of refinement right now. Our Father is so magnificent in every realm of our souls and our hearts and our bodies. The most exciting thing for me is seeing people get to know the Father more. <laughs> There's just nothing else like it. The awakening to the goodness of your Father, the wisdom of your Father, the love of your Father, clearly it's all about love. But there are so many things that He does that we're not aware of. Like the details of the Father, mm. intricacy of the Father, how He made this world for us in the beginning, and understanding every detail throughout the ages of what He's done with His angels and with His Spirit and with His Son and with His Word, to get us back into His fullness. The wisdom of the ages is an understanding of what the Father, the Ancient of Days, has released throughout the curse of the Fall to restore us back to Himself. And that's what we're waking up to as the mature ones here, the leaders of Joel's army at the sound of my voice, the, the harvesters of the harvest that are here right now. We're waking up 
to the wisdom of the ages, to see the fullness of the Father's love throughout the ages. That's the wisdom of the ages. What the Father has done, His, his actions, His abilities, His words, His angels, throughout all time. And every little negative thing that we've had in our mind towards the Father vaporized with the wisdom of the ages. There has been wisdom every age. An age is a thousand years. It's the day of the week. It's, it's the day of the week. It's the seven days of the week. It's, it's time. It's the time of allotted to man to be fully restored, the restoration of all things and the redeeming of all times. And it's all being redeemed right now at this time. This is the time of the restoration of all times, and this is the time of the restoration of all things. <laughs> and God is giving us the wisdom of the ages. And the wisdom of the ages is simply manifesting kindness like a river to people that don't know God. Amen. <laughs> It's not being the super complicated prophetic revelation that no one can, in, can eat, no one can understand. They think you're crazy. People don't understand hardly any strong meat that's only for the mature. Scripture says there's strong meat, A5 Wagyu, that only the mature can eat. <laughs> but most people can only handle milk. So they, they don't have any idea what you're talking about. You sound crazy to them. So... There's a time for building up the leaders, and that's mostly what we've been doing for over a decade. Building up powerful, powerful Gideon's 300, heavy, drunken glory, wisdom of the ages, judges and leaders and apostles and prophets into sonship, into full spiritual stature. So when you're built up into full spiritual stature in the wisdom of the ages, then now is the time to cast your nets upon the nations and reap in a harvest without any religion, without any, you don't, listen, just because you're so full of wisdom, a wise man brings out treasures from his storehouse. The greatest form of wisdom is being able to just speak simply. A simple release of a complicated thing that's fully backed up with the entire kingdom of heaven and angel armies. It's fully backed up with the throne of God and the Lamb and the angels. When you can speak a simple word that's clearly understood, that's fully backed by heaven, that word doesn't return void. And you'd be surprised, a simple word of encouragement, a woman at the well word, a gathering demoniac word, just a couple sentences is all it took from a place of total acceptance and love and gentleness and all of heaven took up residency in the gathering demoniac and the woman at the well. They both became apostles. True story. <laughs> the apostolic impartation wasn't in complicated teaching. It was in simplicity with the full backing of heaven out of a pure heart. Out of intimacy and everything that a wise man has stored up in their heart they can put the whole fullness of their being inside a person's hungry heart and duplicate and replicate themselves and multiply the kingdom and send forth people in the same power that they're walking in. That's what Jesus walked in. That's true apostolic prophetic ministry. <laughs> Multiplication. But it's done through simplicity. You see, the most powerful people 
Get it through simple. John's Gospel. I mean, it is so simple. But it's backed with the fullness of the river. So, God's going back to simplicity. We've had a lot of really complicated mystical stuff going on for a long time. Now he wants it to be able to be eaten by everyone. All the mystical stuff that we've been talking about, you know, Janes and Jambres and the craziest stuff in the Bible that we talk about every day for years. Now all of that made flesh, because it's all true, and it's all strong meat for the mature, and then as a Gideon 300, now in perfect love, releasing a river of kindness that everyone can drink from you, and listen, they'll go right into your heart. Because Christ has been fully formed in you. Full spiritual stature is your manifestation of Godship. That you're a manifestation of a of the kingdom of heaven, a temple of the Holy Spirit. They go right into the temple. And in the temple they'll live and move and have their being. Listen. People say, Well, they're not going into you, they're going into Jesus. If Jesus ain't in you, you're just serving Jezebel. That's the problem most people. They don't acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh. Your brother and sister's flesh don't have Jesus in. Jesus is a pie in the sky. You know, some kind of carrot out there that you're chasing after but you can't ever find. Unless you acknowledge that the fullness of deity indwells each other bodily form, you're a blasphemer. That's most Christians' problem is they're full of antichrist blasphemy that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus came into their neighbor's flesh. So they treat each other like crap and they're quick to condemn and murder one another when they're created in God's own image. That's the spirit of antichrist. It denies that Jesus came in the flesh. It's not talking about came in the body in Nazareth. It's talking about that it came inside your brother and sister's blood. That you don't have Jesus in you. It's like, what? Check the fruit. Check the river. <laughs> and when you see the fruit and drink the river, repent. The issue is most people more enjoy the wages of wickedness. Religious people love the wages of wickedness. You're dealing with Balaam. Big time. There's Balaam everywhere. These false prophets and people that condemn people with religious self-righteousness out of the star refund. But it's the star of Cain. It's the light of the one-third of the fallen angels. And their days are over. The days of condemning people because of outward appearances and outward acts are over. The time of acceptance of the river of kindness is at hand and it will wash away all the works of self-righteousness, all the works of Cain and all the works of pride. All the seed of the evil one will be completely extinguished and vaporized into the lake of fire during this time as you and I who are built up Learn how to love and release a river of kindness that everyone can drink. And they'll be fully persuaded in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like right out of Revelation, you know, what are, the, what are the three opponents of Christ that are being dealt with in this glory river, right? It's the false prophet, which is religion. And it's, it's the red dragon, which is control and manipulation. And it's uh, the beast, you know, like the beast system, the, the 666, right, that, that everyone has so much fear over, but it's being totally conquered and abolished by the glory river being released from each one of us, from the Christ in us. And uh, all of that's present right at the fall. And it's just, it's right in front of our eyes. And uh, all three of those opponents manifesting through the red dragon uh, with Adam and Eve. Uh, and getting them to eat the, the, the fruit of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, here's the thing. We were created to have authority and dominion over the beast system. And I believe that, 
you know, the, the dragon was given intelligence because we would have been able to commune with God through that intelligence, but see, the dragon perverted it for his own gain. And we would have entered into that intelligence through worship, through worshiping the Father. And this is a time of worshiping the Father to unlock his intelligence and his strategy. And, and it's simple. It's, it's not, there's no deception in it. There's no burdening in it. It's just like, like uh, Brandon's saying, just that river of glory. The river water just washing through us and through the whole land. And all the, all the dragon water, all the poison, all the venom can't touch us because we're in the perfect river. And, um, you know, you, you take that forward to Cain. What happened with Cain and Abel was, re it's, it's remarkable how much we've missed the point. Because Adam, with his offering, not only did he put his offering uh, of, of, of his uh, choice, uh, uh, you know, uh, of his choice works, but he also put his heart on the offering with it. And that's what caused it to burn. It was his burning heart for God and worship that caused it to ignite. And see, Cain started seeing partiality. He started comparing himself and saying, well, Abel brought a better offering. When all Cain had to do was put his heart on that same offering platter and let it be consumed by God, God had no distinction. It was sin that brought the distinction. It was knowledge, fallen knowledge, that brought the distinction. And all we have to do is bring our own offerings to the altar. Our own offerings of our own heart flowing from the river and everything is accepted. Everything, uh, because we're outside of our flesh. We've taken our heart out of our flesh and put it on his altar to let it burn, to let it worship him. It's so easy and so light. And so here's the thing. So Christ, his works brought the fulfillment of that. And this is a time where every tree is being shook by the glory. Every tree, because look, the tree of life is in the river. The tree of life is in the river. The tree of knowledge and evil, uh, of knowledge of good and evil, is outside the river. It's in the midst of the garden, outside of the river. And so, if we stay outside of the the partial of of making distinctions of good and evil, and we just stay in the flow, and we just say, Lord, we give our heart to you, we offer that to you. That's acceptable to Christ. That's acceptable to God, and it makes your offering burn for Him. And it's interesting because there was only one thing in Jesus' walk that he cursed, and it was the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree for not bearing fruit in its due season. And so Jesus took that curse. It says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse that he laid on the fig tree upon the cross because the curse came back upon him. And he was saying, for everything that is not born fruit in due season, I take it upon my tree. And what happened when he did that? When the blood was spilt, okay, he, he, he said it is finished and, his, and he was pierced in his side and his blood spilt on the ground. And what happened? He, his blood spilt on behalf of those who had been not offering their hearts on the platter. They're not offering on the altar for full consumption. And when that, when that blood was spilt, the rock split. The rock split because everything was split in two that was not bearing good fruit. And it was all taken on that tree of Christ. And his suffering, his suffering atoned 
for the fallenness of, of what Cain brought forth through the beast system, through false worship. And now it's a time of complete worship from the river. In Jesus' name. Mm. So good. So, it's a call to soften our hearts from the knowledge that puffs up in pride. We've been in ministry a long time, you guys, and it's the same thing everywhere, and it's in us, and the overcoming of everything that's in the world is the overcoming of our own human pride. Going lower in the waters is going lower in humility. And I've seen recently that the lower you go in the lower pool, the more the new earth awakens to your mind. He's going to be releasing blueprints to you in the waters. <laughs> These are the waters of God. There is a river that makes glad the city of our God. It's a river of life. It's the river of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity is fully here with Father and Son in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of the Father and Son on earth. When Jesus came, He said, The Father and I are one. When the Spirit comes, the Spirit and the Father are one. Okay? We're still in the time of the Spirit. Amen. And the Spirit is the river. Okay? Jesus is not coming back to earth until the Spirit of the river of life completely restores all things and redeems all times. Even transfigures us and immortalizes us. So I'm telling you, we have so much river understanding to unlock in our own hearts and minds. Most of our Christianity has been outside the river. I mean, 99% of Christianity that's in the world right now is outside the river. There is a small percentage of Christianity in, in the charismatic church and in the glory stream that's in the river, but there's so much more. The river will unlock the full blueprint of the new earth. We're going to bring forth the new earth. It's true. And the new earth comes forth in the tabernacle of David. This is the house of David. It is. The water temple is in the city of David, the city of praise, mm. the city of worship, Emerald City, the tribe of Judah. And we are the tribe of Judah. And I'm telling you, you go down into this city and you discover this city underwater. There's an underwater city, but it requires the full sanctification and removal of all your human pride in order to live in that realm constantly. Hardly any Christians realize you can live underwater, and you can live underwater mm -hmm. even deeper daily. And the deeper you go in the river, the more you discover in eternity and the more you discover about the Father's will. Nobody can know the will of God except in the river of God. Are you kidding me? Which means you need to get your whole brain, spinal cord, bones, blood underwater and feel it. Mm. And physic if you're not physically feeling it, then there's separation. Mm -hmm. 
because Jesus physically came in the flesh so that he physically possesses us in every molecule and every atom and every cell of our bones and our blood. It's very important. That's why he says you got to drink my blood because if you're not physically encountering it, you're being robbed by demons. There's something seriously wrong in the mind, in the brain, in the heart, in the bones, in the blood. There are demons present stealing from you until you're physically feeling it. I have physically felt the presence and power of the Holy Spirit constantly for 20 years since I first got born again October 15th. There's been different manifestations. It's been completely amazing. All these different things that he is, oil, fire, wind, water, all kinds of realms of wine and all different types of wine and all kinds of fun stuff to do. But it's always physical. It's always in the flesh. If we ever try to separate the spirit from the flesh, we get into what's called Gnosticism, where spirit's good, flesh is bad. But the only reason why you remain here after you're born again is to transfigure the natural dimension with your spiritual glory. You're a three-part being. Two parts of you is in this world, the soul and the flesh is in the natural world. The spirit is in the third heaven and on earth simultaneously, and your spirit is translated out of darkness into his glorious light. Now, people have partial commitments in their spirit because a sower sows seed in the spirit in the soil of the heart. Some of the soil sometimes belongs to the enemy. We call that mixture. A lot of people have mixture. Not Paul says, I have served God with my whole spirit, but most people don't serve God with the whole spirit. So you have to deal with Christians with mixture, and you still have to love unconditionally. Even though you see enemies working in them at times, listen, you got to see past all that crap because the kingdom of hell majorly and mostly works through Christians, the covenant people, just like they did through Jews in the Old Testament, to shut down the advancement of the kingdom of heaven and the plans of the Father to terraform the earth back into the Garden of Eden. So the kingdom of hell is almost exclusively working inside Christianity and attacking especially people of the Spirit of God. And the more deeply you get involved in the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the more deeper things of God, especially when you start to get the knowledge of the river of glory, you become the biggest threat, and the enemy will start working at your family and everyone around you to try to destroy your life. But if you're faithful to the end, God will give you the crown of life. And the crown of life is wearing the crown of the river of life coming out of your head all the time. It's literally a crown. And there'll be a crown in there, you'll see the gold crown. But the crown of life is the river of life once you are constantly baptized underwater in the river of life. That shows your loyalty and your faithfulness to God the Father all the time regardless of external circumstances, situations, misunderstandings, persecutions, and everything that comes with territory of advancing God's kingdom for 6,000 years. Everyone went through this. Rejection after rejection. Half the people in Jesus' ministry rejected him. I mean, they rejected him at birth, right? No place to stay in the end. You know, Merry Christmas. Sorry. Here's the Son of God that created the heavens and the earth. But we won't even let you in a hotel. Seriously. And then two years old, Herod kills all the babies. They rejected him at zero. They rejected him at two. They rejected him at twelve. Didn't they? How do you know so much, you know? They're questioning him, the Jews, the priests at the temple. How does this little boy know so much? 
He knows more than us. They're jealous of him at 12 years old. Rejection after rejection. You look at his ministry in the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was non-stop envy. Mm-hmm. John chapter 6, verse 66, And many could no longer walk with him because he offended them by telling them to drink his blood and eat his flesh. Oh my gosh. So, re- you got to understand this, because people get a little taste of glory, and then re- rejection comes in because people that, that deny their divine existence will reject you. Because there's two trees in the garden, and everyone's mind is constantly choosing life or death. In every thought that passes through your mind, you entertain the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is Satan. So it's the tree of death and the tree of life. It's the tree of glory and it's the tree of witchcraft. You could literally call it the tree of the bride of Christ or the tree of Jezebel and the whore of Babylon. Because that's accurately what we're dealing with right now. You got a false bride, a Jezebel, and you got the true bride of Christ that's married to Christ, loyal to Christ, and a servant of Christ. A good wife and a bad wife. That's what it boils down to right now in the end times. And Jezebel, in every possible way, pretends to be the bride of Christ. She'll have all the same signs and wonders, all the same miracles and healings. She'll do everything to copycat the bride, to deceive the maximum number of people in the world to be not married to Christ, to not be faithful to the man Jesus, to not administer the river. It really boils down to the river, because she rides a seven-headed beast at the dry place. She rides the animal brain. She rides the dry, arid brain where there is no water. The, you don't drink the water. The brain's not controlled by living water. The brain's not submitted to the springs of the waters of life. The brain is outside the water, in the air. She rides the brain, the seven-headed beast of the horror of Babylon, Jezebel. You're dealing with that world system right now at a pinnacle level. This, right now, is the climax of the ages. This is the maturation of the times. You are in the thick of the Great Tribulation at this moment, and it's fun. We've had shirts for years. I sold them ten years ago. It says, I heart Armageddon. (laughs) And it's wonderful because we win. If you're in the river, all of this stuff promotes you dramatically. Amen. I mean, John the Baptist got beheaded for this stuff in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, I mean, it's just promotion after promotion and the loyalty of the river. The river can't be killed. I've tested it. They can't kill the river. If you're underwater, they can't kill you. We've been shot at, stabbed at. I've been car- carjacked twice. I've been in the si- inside of riots. I've been in the ghetto in the midst of 36 organized gangs for 11 years. You cannot kill the river. It's invincible. It's victorious energy in battle. Mm-hmm. It kills everything else. It washes away all sins. There's nothing more powerful than love. Love is the greatest spiritual warfare against principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, and spiritual wickedness in all places. It doesn't matter what Satan has. It doesn't matter what Satan's done, all of his sorceries, all of his lies. I don't care what they're doing in, you know, in secret societies. It's all irrelevant if you get your brain in the river because God the Father is omnipotent. And he has angel armies prepared for these times with warring angels that could slaughter the enemy so easily you'll laugh that you ever feared your entire life. 
you, you'll laugh at the possibility of a microchip and a guillotine and any of the schemes of the United Nations and the Illuminati and the One World Order and all this paranoid Alex Jones crap that got inside Christianity and all of our worries and fears and cares and concerns for this life are slaughtered when our brains are controlled by the river because it's a joke. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. Hardly any Christians have fully realized it since. You can only realize it in the river, in the Holy Spirit, full possession, all the time, controlling every thought and intention of your heart and judging them with a two-edged sword. The sword of the Lord is your salvation, but who wants to be cut? It's like being volun it's like asking to be, you know, circumcised as adult men, and that happens so many times in the Old Testament. But it's really like the sword of the Spirit circumcising adult men and adult women in their adult hearts that are full with adult stuff of the world that needs to come out. You're getting circumcised of your adulthood to enter the kingdom or enter the river like little children. And it's super hard for us because we think we know so much, but there's no life in what we know. The life is in the river, and in order to be in the river, you have to start over in a new system of intelligence. Like little children, you enter the kingdom. He's talking to people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, saying you can only enter the kingdom like kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, telling me, 50 years in synagogue, I've donated a million dollars to Herod's building, and you want me to start over? Yes! That's what he commands in the gospel. Unless you're taught of Christ, and Christ is the river of life. Christ means the anointed one in his anointing. Unless the anointing of the river has taught you everything you know in your heart, soul, mind, and flesh, it will burn. It's not true. I don't care if it has the knowledge of good. I don't care if it looks good, the fruit is good, the fruit looks good. All this stuff was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that caused Eve to fall. It's not about appearances, and it's not about knowledge. It's about life. It's about the planting of the seed of God the Father inside the heart that is open to receiving something entirely foreign and unknown from the third heaven, from the glory dimension that's outside of time and space, that's now inside us. The gospel is the bringing of that realm of eternity into time and space capsule, into this universe through our hearts. It's the torch of the Spirit. It's the river of life. And it's the planting of the Lord in the garden of our hearts. It's the planting of Eden inside men and women's spirit life and then exploding it into others' hearts with every word and phrase out of our mouths all the time. And that's how we multiply the kingdom and manifest the kingdom. Daniel says that the kingdom came like a little pebble. It was just one word of one man, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Son of God, the firstborn from the dead. And then his word grew in us to become the largest mountain of the end times. It's Mount Zion that grew up in the seed of the Father. It grew up right inside our spirit and it took over our brains. When it takes over your carnal mind and you're fully crucified with Christ in your soul, that's when you become the exact representation of the invisible God and the outrain brilliance of the light being. That's what a son of God is. A son of God is not one just born of spirit. That's a technon. That's an infant in Christ. A mature one has allowed Zion, the mountain of glory, to rise in their heart 
and consume their entire carnal mind, to consume their flesh and blood, to consume their brain, and all the quartz crystal silica of the brain is lit up by the spirit of fire and the spirit of glory from the inside out. Stephen walked in this, and that's why his face began to glow like an angel in the book of Acts. And you will glow too as you bring your brain to the river to sacrifice. Amen. And we're entering a place where we can go at any speed we want in the glory river because it's outside of time. We're entering a place as a body where we can move as fast as, as humanly possible and even beyond human limitations, as fast as spiritually possible. And it's, it's a place of total timelessness. And we're all starting to, to enter into these visions. It's being released because the glory is being released upon the whole earth, you know, as the waters cover uh, the sea, you know, and it's just like for everybody. And you can have experiences in a fraction of a second, and I've been having them too, where in the fraction of a second you can have a spiritual download that's days long or years long in a fraction of a second because God is light it's moving at the speed of light beyond the speed of light it's super fast revelation downloads and and we're entering this place where where the earth the earth has pockets okay uh, 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 containers that they have not yet released that are opening up more glory this is what it says right in Revelation that the earth protected the woman with child that creation protected. Creation is opening up pockets for us to step into eternal realities and because they've been worshiping non-stop. And we, again, it's entering through worship. We can enter through creation's worship into the protection and the covering of the kingdom. And it's all about getting in the kingdom reality more than you're in the natural reality. If you just have one vision, one vision that's longer than the whole span of your human life, you've already accelerated beyond the natural. And that's where we're headed, where every vision will take us beyond our, our earth age into a complete spiritual age of maturity where we need to be for 2020 and beyond, where we can enter in and out of the spiritual temple, enter in and out through, through our worship, and just enter the complete perfection that God has always done for us. He is building us up as living stones, spiritual stones, right out of 1 Peter. And our living stones are each a piece of this, of this temple in the new city. Our flesh goes there too. How would you know if your flesh was here or not for half a second? In, in, in a blink of an eye. You're getting completely caught up and raptured. And in the full protection and in the full uh, uh, plans and purposes of this last age, this last era. Yeah, as you were speaking that, I was seeing how our flesh is blinking into the throne room and blinking back down here. They are being transfigured. Amen. Yeah, our spirit is so strong and so built up. We're one spirit, one body of Christ. And we have so much food in our spirit that our spirit literally burns through our flesh. <laughs> And our brain resists the spirit. But once your brain becomes a good slave of your spirit, your brain is super helpful. I mean, there are, there are so many gifts to be unlocked in the soul, in the heavens, and moving in the heavens. And 
when I'll move through the heavens, my brain will go white out. And I'll go right up into the throne like a rocket ship, and it's just all white glory moving like a cylinder up and down. But my brain goes white. And so I was talking with the Father, why does my brain always go white out when I go up and down, ascending and descending like an angel with my spirit? It's because my brain can't comprehend these things yet. It's not transfigured enough to, to do anything else except turn white. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's where we're at. We're in a place where our brains are getting cocooned, metamorphosized, transfigured by the renewed of our mind, but it has to turn into a white stone. Mm -hmm. Before it's an emerald stone, before it's a rainbow stone, before the stone becomes the full knowledge of God and the brain becomes the full transfigured brain of Jesus Christ that can see everything in the third heaven, second heaven, and earth and under the earth and every realm. There is a process of metamorphosis taking place and you're tested every step of the way. And the Father allows the testing because the enemy demands it. There are, there are things here in this world that you have to pass test in order to get promoted. I've been tested every single step of transfiguration for 20 years of my soul. I got it all in my spirit the day I was born again 20 years ago. No doubt about it. I mean, I was, it was crazy for, oh my gosh, six months. It felt like I was floating like an angel feather. But the last 20 years was getting it all through my brain. And the brain is catching up nicely. It's the best it's ever been. It's getting, it's getting really, really good. My soul is getting raptured and caught up into realms in the heavens and seeing more and more stuff. When you get that? More and more stuff than ever before. But even at 20 years of going as hard as I can after the glory, it still hasn't opened up to see anything but white when I ascend and descend. So I'm just telling you guys, there is a lot of more of transfiguration and a lot more to this process than we ever knew. Because we've been in the spirit, we've been having spiritual stuff, we've had external gifts. There's been so many gifts that operate outside of the transfigured soul. And we have, a lot of us have settled for complacent satisfaction in gifts. And the, and the gifts are wonderful and the gifts help us along the way of transfiguration. But if the gift doesn't lead you into a greater glory and turn your stone white, like a white stone with a new name on it, as it's written, they'll have Jesus Christ written on their foreheads. Well, this is the stone, the brain, the living stone, the souls that are glorified, building, that build up the living temple. So, as the living waters transfigure your stone and you get your stone completely cleansed and all the little stuff in the brain that fights the spirit begins to obey the spirit. You, you test these words on people and see the reaction in their brains. There's stuff in people's brains that hates the Holy Spirit. I deal with it every single day. But when your stone is completely surrendered to the river and you're, and you're a living stone, everything in your brain accepts the Holy Spirit and says yes to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I now live is by faith in Christ in me. So, Getting the brain aligned with the spirit is the entire process after you're born again. That's what all schooling is. That's what all gifting is. That's what all prophetics are for, is for lifting up your souls into the place where your spirit already is. Ascending into the heavens. And you do it physically, because this is a physical brain. 
that's when you begin to take the sky, you begin to take the planetary systems, the sun and the moon, and listen, you do that by the river that's your rocket boost. And the river will lead you and guide you into all truth, into all the truths that are in the heavens. As we come into a Christmas time, it's so beautiful. God is doing the work of the Magi, the staff of the Magi. And the Magi followed the star to Jesus in Bethlehem. And it's a season of redeeming magic. It is magical. Magic is actually all the operations of the glory through the natural dimension. The reason why Christians have mostly rejected the mature things of God is because Satan has guarded the magic realms of the stars and the waters, saying anyone that goes into that is new age, occult, sorcery, which could not be further from the truth. The first ones to Jesus were magicians. Mm -hmm. Meaning, Jesus is the Son of God. When you come into maturity and start taking the natural realm, the first step of that is magic, the magi. Because none of it's transferring into the natural dimension except through magic, which is your brain and your bones and your blood through the waters, through the tides, through the trees, the clouds, through the stars, and through the sands. And there is sand magic, there is star magic, there is water magic, there is all kinds of magic. And all of the works of the glory of God through the natural dimension are magical. And there's nothing demonic at all. Satan has a type of magic that is dark magic. It's selfish magic. But there is a magic of the two-thirds of the stars that obey God that is pure love. It's literally ancient love magic. It's having rulership of the stars and the sands of Abraham's promise in the magic of love. (laughs) And there's water magic. Water magic from below, star magic from above. Two-thirds stars that obey God's word, two-thirds waters that obey God's word. And it's all about obedience and faithfulness and loyalty to Jesus Christ. These were magicians that came and bowed their magic to Jesus. It's true. That's what makes them kings. And kingship has to do with the natural dimension. Coming with frankincense, myrrh, and gold, and there's all kinds of mysteries to unfold there. But how they had natural power was by practicing magic. And I'm not talking about witchcraft. I'm not talking about Wicca. I'm not talking about the occult. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about sanctified stuff in the scriptures that Jesus himself walked in Mm -hmm. so that he was the light of all men. Jesus was in the stars. Mm -hmm. Jesus was in the waters. Jesus went up on mountains. And Jesus is the perfect example of what a normal Christian walks in. And most of what he manifested out of the Spirit was by magic into the natural. In fact, you cannot have a manifestation of turning water into wine, (laughs) multiplying fishes and loaves, walking on water. It's all magic. And, And that's why even all of creation happened because of speaking and the word is some of the most powerful magic we have access to the word of god the creative authority through our words through our speech isn't it funny that you know that's one of the first things the natural realm teaches us is how to spell right spell with language we're we're spell casting with our words if we spell cast with the word of god in purity and in light it has more power and authority than anything and that's why one of the gifts that's been the most attacked is speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues 
especially. It's not used, it's not operated on in the body, and we've been forerunning and pioneering that, including just to build up our faith in it, just using Google Translate, right? And taking out Hebrew, translate our tongues from Hebrew or whatever language into English and building up faith in the body for this gift because it paves the way for us to be able to release the Word of God on the earth. Look at this. This is what's what's happening. I don't care if it's a natural word or a spiritual word. What happened in the book of Daniel? The hand came and wrote on the wall. The hand was a tongue. The hand was a tongue writing on the wall. And then Daniel interpreted the tongue that was written. And that word completely disrupted and destroyed that Babylonian reign, the beast, just by reading the word on the wall. How many of us has God given us the authority to read the word on the wall and to end this beast system for good by just interpreting it? Just getting a vision of it. So this is where we're entering, is where we're literally seeing words in the natural, words in the spirit, and they're like doorways into greater glory. They're like windows that are opening up. And all we have to do is interpret them in the spirit of the Lord and let the full power come through that window and through us in co-laboring. So in a season of the Magi, it's a season of redeeming magic. And people will rejoice in this message beyond imagination because you were created to live in stars and waters. But we've lived in the wrong stars and the wrong waters. Revelation says that the star wormwood fell from heaven and everyone that drank died. Hmm. So you've been drinking star water and dying. And the word wormwood means bitterness. It's fallen angel pride, and it's a literal water in the spirit. It's the one-third that fell of the fallen angels, and people drink it, and they just die. They're just bitter. They're just jealous. They're just envious. You see the manifestations. This is the people of the world that partner with fallen angels, and so you have to have revelation about this stuff to help people because they're dying without revelation, and the answer is almost unknown in the world right now to how to stop dying, how to overcome death. And the last curse to be swallowed up is death. But death is overcome with a revelation light of a superior system of stars and waters mm. that have been locked off from us. <laughs> it says that one-third of the stars were swept out of heaven by the dragon's tail. What about these two-thirds? The two-thirds remain. Yeah. Those two-third stars are warring from their courses for all souls right now. It's angel light, and it's star light, and it's glorious, and it's magical. And it's time to redeem magic. It's time to become magi. It is in the glory of God, bowing at Jesus. And the difference between Satan's magic and the Lord Jesus' magic is obedience to our Father in Heaven, the Father's will. Because that has been the most corrupted thing. I mean, that's what the Illuminati uses, and so Christians are all paranoid about it. But they're not using the two-third star's magic. They're using the one-third star rebellious magic. That's why you go into any Freemason lodge, and it's all stars everywhere. Every source where Mickey Mouse and Fantasia is covered with stars on his little cap, and it's all about the heavens and stars and flying on backs of brooms and all this stuff. It's because all Satan has is the one-third that tries to counterfeit the two-third. Mm -hmm. 
and Christians have not been bold enough to go into the two-third stars that are obedience yet to remove the one-third from the rulership of the heavens. But now we will. We will do that in the season of magic. And we'll be known as magi, wise men from the east. And there was a gate east in Eden. And so we're going to bring the magic of Eden, the, the love magic. We're going to restore it. We're going to remove all the selfish magic. We're going to remove the one-third influence in everyone's brains. The brains corrupted by the one-third magic is a dark crystal. The brains glorified by the two-thirds magic is a crystal clear emerald glow, like a rainbow around his head, it says in Revelation. That's what happens when you practice love magic. There will be a rainbow around you. And you have to get into this understanding because it's in the stars that light up your brains. Because your brain is a part of this creation. We all know this is stardust. That's what flesh and blood is. It's waters and stars. That's, the, that's what makes up your physical makeup. You are created out of this universe of stars and sands. That's what flesh and blood is. We're dying like animals because we're not in the waters of the two-thirds and the stars of the two-thirds. That's the transfiguration through our bones and blood and through our brains. And it comes with a different language. It comes with a different vocabulary. It comes with angels and knowing the angels, the good angels, your holy angels, the angels assigned to you. And it comes with a different world. That's the kingdom of heaven world. And it is a magical world. And it's a world far superior than anything you've ever known in your life. Mm. And it's going to come about in such a way that people won't even be interested in Harry Potter. They won't be interested in occult because there's nothing there. It's a lie. It's a ripoff. These people are sacrificing body parts to be powerful in Jezebel. These people are sacrificing their children on altars to have power in the one-third stars. This type of sorcery and wickedness and warlocky is coming to an end as the true magi that bowed to Jesus in Bethlehem in the crib. You know, how humble were these magicians? That's the type of humility it takes to practice two-thirds star magic and two-thirds water magic. It's love magic. It takes awesome humility, especially in a world of false Christianity run by the Horror of Babylon. They would stone us, for, stone us to death for even talking about these subjects. Mm -hmm. Even bringing up the word magic is forbidden in charismatic church, even in glory stream church. Mm -hmm. But it's the truth anyway. The Magi are held in high esteem, wise men from the East that know not just the things of the Spirit, but how to manifest the Eden Gate in the East, in the Kingdom dimension, through the soul, into the heavens, and into the earth. Otherwise, we'll have no natural influence like we've currently had because we've rejected divine magic. It's true. And why does Scripture say those who practice magic are outside the city gates? It's because the natural dimension is all magic. The third heaven city is all spirit. Now how do you get the spirit into the natural dimension? It's through stars and it's through waters. And they're already here and they're waiting for the sons of God to wake up and manifest and stop being religious. It's true. You're going to be way more magical than all the mag magicians you've been paranoid of your whole Christian lives. It'll be like, what does it say about Daniel? He was the master of magicians in Babylon. Very important. And you become the master of magicians in Babylon. That's right. 
to be a leader in this coming new earth that we bring forth, you will have to master the waters and the stars. It's not even optional. All leaders will. That's what makes you literally. That's what makes you real. That you're in the living water. That you're in the living light. That you are a part of this world and you're a part of the healing process of this world that comes from the throne of God in the Lamb and the river that takes back everything that the one-third stole in the heavens and the earth. And it only comes forth now by light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even see an activation taking place over all of us today that we just speak forth this, this open window. And so I pray right now, which means that there is a spiritual door right above your head and all you have to do is lift your arms up into that door like Moses when his arms were lifted up and the victory was given as his arms were raised and that you live out of the place of that open door into the complete third heavens, into the victory of Christ, and that your arms are partnering with that victory. They're partnering with the victory that Moses received uh, over all the enemies of Israel. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's also a time to bring your finances into the river and start supporting the tabernacle of David, the city of David, and the water temple, and the blueprint, and this team at Red Letter Ministries. Do you want to bring a word about that? Well, yeah, you know, I just think there's like an important time that we have here where how many of us right now are, are, are worshiping in spirit and in truth in this and bringing our heart forth, but yet we haven't brought anything else to the altar. Uh, look, even Cain brought something to the altar to be as, as an obedient servant. Okay, how many of us right now haven't brought anything forth? But this is a whole new move. And look, God is testing each one of us, right? This is, this is power. This is straight spiritual power. Either you'll sow in and, and reap benefits that are seen and unseen because we're building the new Jerusalem. We're building the spiritual temple of God in this very hour. And we're going forth and conquering the land like Joshua uh, was given, to the land of inheritance. And it's all about what do we want to meet us in that land. You know, it's, it's not that we're buying our way into heaven. It's that we're saying, I want to partner with what is being uh, opened up in this hour. I want to partner uh, and, and have a possession ready for me where moths, right, where moths and rust cannot eat at it. And I'm saying I want that to meet me there when I cross the river too. And so bring your offering, bring, bring your, uh, your, your love and bring your, your finances and bring, uh, you know, even uh, 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 precious metals, you know, whatever it is that you have to offer uh, uh, forth uh, for this hour. Because this is the time of, of the, the, the gold and silver of the earth coming forth to build this temple completely, completely. Yeah. There's no other blueprint right now that releases this. Yeah, it's important that you support what's going on here. We've built up an apostolic team, and we're building this thing. We're releasing the blueprint. We're feeding the whole world with this ministry. We're literally feeding in the Spirit already for years the whole world with fresh bread and living water every day. And so it's important that you also support the priests that are laboring for you constantly to bring forth the new heavens and the new earth for all civilization. Because we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to get these words into millions of people's hearts. And it will build a new world where righteousness dwells. Where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. 
So put your treasures into the water temple. Put your treasures into the city of David. Put your treasures into the words of Red Letter Ministries and watch them multiply and store up an inheritance for you in the glory. And you will see dramatic transformation in your physical life as you begin to melt down all the stuff of the natural and value it in the spirit more highly than the natural. That's what giving really does. That's right. It, it destroys the idolatry and the golden image of Babylon from a person's brain and hand. The 666 is the money in the flesh of the hand and the money in the flesh of the mind. Thinking about money, how to make money, and how to work for money tithing and giving offerings into the temple, which is what we're working in here, the water temple of Ezekiel 47, actually melts down the beast system of the 666 curse of working for money. And when it gives it into the water, it releases a person from the curse. And the waters flow through you because you're set free from serving the 666 in the hand and in the brain. That's why the tithe endures forever. Melchizedek right. received the tithe. That's the new covenant. It's written in Hebrews. So for if you want breakthrough, start bringing the tithe out of your income into Red Letter Ministries and watch the whole world of your brain, your hand, your flesh, all of it transform. Everyone over the last 10 years that I've seen that has begun bringing in tithes and offerings in this ministry said it's been dramatic transformation. Most of them got scared and stopped giving because they didn't want to change that much. If you are real about the kingdom and want to transform, transfigure, and be a part of the new earth and be a part of the, the new heavens and be a part of the city of David, it's not optional that you bring tithes and offerings and gifts and sacrifices. The sacrificial system of sowing and reaping remain forever, Genesis says. Genesis says, the seed time and harvest remain forever, for eternity. Meaning we will be giving gifts to each other and sacrifices in Ezekiel's water temple. This water temple is the new world. And we'll be giving and being generous and thankful and honoring men and women in gifts and tithes and offerings forever. And there will be an abundance of giving. And that's what will really open up the eternal jubilee is when all the poverty and the lack and the fear of finances come off of us with the river of life moving through us that is the power to create wealth. Mm -hmm. That's the power to bring increase. So the river can grow through you as you sacrifice all the poverty, all the idolatry of the limitations of your own brain and your own hand in working under the curse. And by giving offerings into the water temple, it releases the river to manifest through your brain and through your flesh to do supernaturally what you can't do apart from the river. Mm -hmm. And even speaking of poverty, isn't it remarkable that uh, the, the woman who sowed out of her poverty the most, she gave the two coins. She, she sowed not out of her abundance, but out of her lack. And there was a bigger blessing for that. And that helped shatter that poverty spirit, that mentality. And she says, I'm putting all the trust in God. And look, Jesus saw it. And Jesus, Jesus said this giving was in faith. This giving was in wholeheartedness and her rewards are greater. So there is definitely rewards for giving that are, are beyond our imagination. It's all about getting our heart in position with what the Spirit's asking us to do in this very hour. Amen. Mm -hmm. So you can donate at redlettermen.com. There's various ways to give. You can give through Messenger, through PayPal. We have the new text to give. But we're just doing so much work here. 
And to be honest, it's the least amount of donations we've had this season. It's very low. It's much lower than last year. And it's shocking because we're doing so much work. We're bringing forth, I mean, 10 times more content than ever before. So ask the Holy Spirit what you can give and support this ministry and donate at redletterman.com and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen.